Next Chapter Podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it's Justin Richmond, host of the Broken Record Podcast. Join me, music industry icon Rick Rubin, and authors Malcolm Gladwell and Bruce Hedlum as we chat with legendary artists about their life and craft. This month, we're celebrating the Red Hot Chili Peppers' new album with John Frusciante, Anthony Kiedis, Flea, and Chad Smith, all in conversation with producer Rick Rubin. They share stories and songs from the new album and also never-before-heard insights about their decades-long dynamic and chemistry. Listen wherever you get podcasts. The 500 The 500 J.A.M. been walking us down through that 2012 edition So it ain't nothing to new Hundreds more to go and in need of a friend The king of peace for Angelo Talking the 500 until the end Talking the 500 until the end with my man J.M. On the 500, talking the 500 until the end. Sail away, sail away. We will cross the mighty ocean in the Charleston Bay. Song is Sail Away by Randy Newman from his 1972 record Sail Away. It's also number 322 out of 500 on my podcast, The 500 with Josh Adam Myers. What's up, everybody? Go to my shows, joshadammyers.com for all tickets. I want to see you guys there. I love you. I got a lot of stuff coming up. April 18th, I'll be at the Nashville Comedy Festival. April 20th through the 24th, I'll be at Moon Tower Comedy Festival doing shows, doing the jam. It's going to be fun. And then I'll be at Netflix Fest in L.A. the end of the month and into May where I'm taping the little thing for Netflix, everybody. And I'm doing a bunch of jams. It's going to be the shit. JoshAdamMyers.com for tickets. All right, it's our third Randy Newman record, and we've got a gushbluki of a guest. Eric Jackowitz, I uh, love him to death. He was one-third of the Cooties, uh, but he is now one-half of the Werewolves of Glendale, and he is an incredible drummer, a very good friend of mine, 
uh, an extremely funny comic. Uh, he's been on Conan. He rules. This episode rules. Rate, review, and subscribe to the 500. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Evan. And for all things 500, go to the website, the500podcast.com. Well, nothing left to say, but here we go with number 322 out of 500. We sail away by Randy Newman. So um, the reason you're on is not just because I love you and I love what the cooties do, which we'll get to the bottom of all of that. Uh, and for everybody that doesn't know listening, the cooties are were. probably my f- were. What? I told you. What? Yes. No mas. No mas. Por favor. Can you tell me why or is this like something <laughs> off camera? The uh, the podcast answer is that bands are tough. Yeah. And they're really hard. And, uh, you know, it, uh, what we had was very, very special and very, very cool. But I think we took it to as far as we could take it without, like, absolutely, you know, destroying our own personal relationships with each other. Oh, my God. Could you have been on a perfect podcast? <laughs> Why? Oh my God. There's so much going on behind the scenes here. Really? It's, well, no. And, and I get that. Like, I, I understand what it's like when you, you start something, you're excited about it. You start getting things from it and then the excitement grows. And sometimes those things don't come to fruition and then they, and then it makes it harder to continue doing something when you reach a certain point and, and look, dude, as a solo artist, this is why I always said I didn't do bands and I gave up on bands and I focused on comedy because yeah. I was a mus- I'm a musician as much as I'm a comic. Yeah. Um, you got to deal with three other people and they need to be dialed the fuck in. And if they're not willing to give up everything, then, then you're never going to be able to fully take it to the place that you want to go or what you know it needs to make it. Totally. It's a weird mix of desires um, between a group of people. Honestly, the fact that any band becomes really successful is an absolute miracle to me. Really? Well, no, <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. Just like when people bullshit on like Nickelback or any of these like huge bands, Imagine Dragons or whatever, I'm like, they did it. Yeah. They're all <laughs> on the same page. They made it work somehow. Especially yep. the Imagine Dragons, because they've just made the same song over and over with the lightning and the thunder, <laughs> thunder and the lightning and some clouds and there's a wind coming from the northeast. What if that's what they <laughs> Deceptive Christian rock. <laughs> yeah. There's an underlying theme of Jesus, but we don't really say it. With the, with, we we say it's thunder and the lightning. He is risen. <laughs> and now he's and now he's raining his love upon y'all. Well, hey, either way, either way, and I mean this sincerely, like you're also talented and you're also fucking great at what you do and you did you created something extremely special dude uh coffee shop i've probably watched the music video for that hundreds of times dude oh thank you man it's great i told you that when that came out too i was like i was like oh dude it rules thank you man and you know not to 
not to shit on anything that the Cooties done in the past, but uh, Ethan and I have created a new band called the Wolves of Glendale. Nice. That's a little more aggro. It's a little more intense. It's a little more evil, you know? Because well, nothing spells evil like Ethan. Right, and <laughs> he, Glendale. He is, he is white privilege personified there it is no, <laughs> i don't like it no, i forgot that <laughs> yeah no he's israeli and argentinian are you serious oh yeah he's more hispanic than i am and i am zero percent hispanic <laughs> well it's you know with Although you, i look 100 percent hispanic What's with you? It's 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 just the way you dress. I've seen you out and about among the mean streets of of Los Feliz, and you <laughs> are dressed like you just did a coke deal in a hotel room in South Miami Beach. Oh yeah, it's I have heavy Tony Soprano vibes when I go out, like just and not by like choice, not because I want to look like that, because those are just the clothes that fit me best, and you could still sort of look manly in them, you know. Where it's like the bigger, huskier guy with the man biscuit, you know, showing a little bit in the chest area with maybe some gold jewelry. Hey, yeah. this this guy's kind of a boss. That's kind of awesome. It's like Rick <laughs> yeah. Ross, you know. Did you call? Did you call it man meat? What'd you no, call man, it? man biscuit. Man biscuit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you get your man biscuit poking out. It's 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 a good time. Yeah, your look is a vibe for sure. <laughs> AF. For sure. AF, 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 brother, AF. My you know look what else? is based. You know, you know what, you know what else is AF? Randall Stewart Newman. Absolutely. So, you want to know why you're on here? Do you remember yes. the conversation we had? I asked you guys. Uh, I think it was, I think it was as we were becoming friends. We met at Just for Laughs. Um, you were, I remember, like Amy, your manager was was like you have you know we got to go check out this my the, my artists they're performing in like a yeah. park yeah and, and i mean there's <laughs> there's thousands of, of french canadians milling around everywhere and you guys ripped it and then i remember that night you were drunk and it's late and we were all talking and hitting it off and then and then you started talking about randy newman and then so i don't know if that was the exact way that it went down that night but i just specifically you saying the cooties and yourself were influenced by Randy Newman. Is that true? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say Randy Newman is probably the first guy in music. I mean, up until that point, I think where his songs weren't necessarily comedy songs with a capital C. Yeah. You know, not like Spike Jones or Irving Taylor. Like it wasn't silly or goofy. Um, which obviously the cooties were silly and goofy sometimes, but you know, the compliment that we most got was, wow, you guys are actually talented and can write the hell out of a song. The lyrics yeah. just happen to be really funny. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like Randy Newman was kind of the first guy to really write incredible songs period mm -hmm. that were like, the most tongue-in-cheek you could ever be. Like, his tongue is sewn into his cheek. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's why he sings, like, yeah. That's why, because his tongue is inside of his cheek. <laughs> like the Godfather. When did, when did it start? When did, like, because I just knew Randy Newman. I think I said this on the, we've done, this is the third Adam. This is the second time we're talking about him, and it's his third album. 
that we're talking about today. What do you, wait, how are we doing his third record if we've only talked about him twice? Because this is the, the second time that he's on the list, the second and final time he's on the list. But it's his but third album. His third album no, that he ever no, put no, out. No, 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 no. Oh, it's his third record. Okay, I got it now. It's his third album that came out. So I've done it. God, just, I'm going to give you a list of people that we that we put you up there with. Jordan Temple, writer, comic extraordinaire. Tim Heidecker. Oh, heard of him. And now, Tony Soprano. <laughs> Toby Soprano. Toby, yeah, Toby Soprano. Although, uh, Kyle Gass just did gift me the name Gordon Rimsey. Nice. Yeah. That's coming from him. He's cool. I like Kyle. When we first started doing the jam, like right, like right at the beginning, my band, LMNOP, was jamming with, um, they had a friend, Sarah, who was like the biggest Tenacious D fan and she had really become friends with Kyle. And so Kyle did a couple songs uh, to open, I think the second and third goddamn comedy jam. Oh, cool. Which is a gift, you know, because oh, no, he's the best. I, uh, I just did a weekend of shows with him um, and his solo band called Trainwreck, which is him and Lee from the Tenacious D cinematic universe. Nice. And it's this like insane country band. And we did two nights at Harvard and Stone, and then we did a show in San Diego on Monday. Ooh. And super fun. Those guys are the coolest in the world. Are you playing, you're playing drums with them, or are you playing yeah. with Wolves of Glendale? No, it's just playing drums. Yeah, see, that's what I love about you. I, see, this is to all the listeners. Uh, Eric is an incredible drummer. You, you have some of the best energy from a human being that I kind of barely know. <laughs> like, like i feel i barely know you and yet i'm like he's my best friend i completely agree i remember the, actually the first time we actually did meet i don't know if you remember this but i mean the first time we really like connected and like really hung was in jfl but there was a time before that where i believe the cooties did um the improv lab with it, it was a midnight snack oh yeah years ago and then we all just like sort of like stayed around and hung out because we were all like fans and then we all we all got canters i must have been on that must have been when i was on perk 30s dude i must have still i must <laughs> no, have no, really really been fucked up on opiates <laughs> especially those nights man those were when oh, we yeah. did the midnight snack we did i don't think i did any to be completely honest with you, the midnight snack fell apart once I got off of painkillers. Oh, because you realized that it was a, you couldn't <laughs> keep those like, hours and not be out of your mind. Yeah. I mean, it's it's which is crazy because like now I've been able to trigger the same feeling I get on opiates without opiates by going to that same place of like not giving a fuck. Um, right. But but man, it's like I just did barstool sports and they said they, they ask you anything. It's like this little like web series. And the guy says to me, he goes, he goes, if you could have unlimited anything and it can't be money, what do you want? And I was like, perk 30s, dude. If I could have <laughs> unlimited perk 30s or I don't have to fucking wake up in the morning and look for them. Oh, man, that would rule. <laughs> But yeah, I love you. And, and that was, that's why you're here. So I'm curious about, I'm um, thank you. I'm curious about Adam. We, we like you marginally, marginally, wherever he is. And I think Oakland, <laughs> Santa Rosa. Okay. okay. Redwood city. Stand up. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Redwood nation. Someone's a geologist. I don't even know if that's the right thing. <laughs> that's rocks. That's, ah, fuck. 
It's all part of the rock, man. It's all in one giant rock spinning around the fucking. Bleh. All right. So yeah. how did you become friends? Not friends. <laughs> Tell me about your relationship with Randy Newman. Oh, well, <laughs> um, I mean, I've been listening to him forever. Um, uh, Jacob uh, of the Cooties, I, he was like a piano rock guy in South Florida. He was like local celebrity piano rock. This is back when like Ben Folds was sort of huge and that whole thing, the fray, that sort of world. And he was super into Randy Newman. And he, I think he probably introduced me to uh, actually a later Randy Newman album, Harps and Angels. Okay. Which is fucking great. And it's just incredible. I remember there was a song on it called Korean Parents that <laughs> just made me laugh at the title. Yeah. And I was like, this old guy that did Toy Story sort of is blowing my mind here. You yeah. know, because everyone knows him as the Toy Story dude, as I did, in sort of the same sort of Phil Collinsy way, where it's like that the Tarzan guy actually was the sickest drummer of all time in one of the craziest prog rock bands ever. Holy I shit. Know. I know. I yeah. know. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effie Perspective don't have to wonder because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Have you seen, have you seen Genesis recently? Yes. I did. With the I sun mean, I mean, and stuff. Well, it's not even the sun. The drummer was fine. The band yeah. was great. It's Phil Collins, who can barely move, and he's I sitting know. in a chair. And now he's like this. You know, you know that one song that's like, you know, son, you know, son of mine. <laughs> like Phil Collins is in his like rocking chair, all you know, decrepit and and skinny, and it's he's so just rough. like, you know, son, <laughs> you know, son of mine. Like he's like. It just looks so like get off my lawn vibes. I know it's some uh, real uh, Eastwood energy. Yeah, coming oh from my God. Yeah, at least East, Eastwood could still direct. I don't. The fact that they're out touring with Phil Collins, the the state that he's in, yeah, is like. I mean, dude, you don't need the money. He must be so bored though. But, but you, when you're that. Look at all right. Look at Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. We're never going to see him again. You know that, right? Like he's right. he's retiring. I don't know what I, I don't know what the disorder is, but they're like he's giving you heads up. Hey guys, we had a good run. 
I'm going to go die with my money and live the rest of my life out of the public eye. Right. Bye. No more Bruce. Yeah. And fucking Phil Collins should have done that. Dude, the encore, (laughs) Eric, the encore was the funniest thing in the world because everybody left the stage. They just turned the lights off and Phil Collins just sat there in the dark. Oh, my God. In the dark. Like, and then the lights came back on and Phil's just like, yeah, they left me here. Two, three, four. This is the fusion. That's insane. Yeah, dude. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen Randy Newman live? No, I've never seen Randy Newman live. I always wanted to though. I had an opportunity a while back, but I missed it for some reason. He was touring just with himself and a piano and I was so into it, but I, I missed it. I was pissed. I, you know, for me, Randy Newman is that guy that I think the first time I heard him was in the Naked Gun soundtrack, you know, with the, they're doing the baseball thing. And, right. you know, you move to Los Angeles and, and every sporting event, especially the Dodgers, but anytime the Dodgers win, they play the song. Um, I love Pixar. I love Disney. So, you know, he wrote great songs, but I would always see him nominated for an Oscar. Right. And, and, you know, for years I was like, God, I wish somebody would just slap the shit out of him. And, <laughs> and <laughs> cause he was just, he was just there. It was like every year it was like the same song being written. Oh, I mean, you, you got, got a friend. Of me. <laughs> Come on, dude. That song is great. No, it is. I'm not going to say it's not. I'm not going to say it's not. But it's but there was like, you know, there were like artists that were nominated that the years that he was. uh, Collins. Did they go head to head? (laughs) No, no, no. I didn't like the Phil Collins. I don't think the Tarzan soundtrack was where it's at. I think. Yeah, you'll be in my heart. I think if you're going to talk about like greatest cartoon Disney, like, you know, soundtracks or songs that, that were, were nominated, I would say, um, definitely. Can you feel the love tonight? Oh yeah. You know, circle of life, like the lion King knocked it out of the park. What else? There's, there's Randy Newman's you've got a friend and then he do monsters Inc as well. He did. Well, they have the monster under my bed. How <laughs> shall incorporate anyway? <laughs> well, they have Is the that an S Corp? <laughs> well, the filing their taxes and the monsters too and the monsters. Gotta do the payroll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone text Martha in HR and tell her that we gotta set up a company picnic. To explain sexual harassment training. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, his life just seems so crazy in terms of like, well, all the film st- scoring stuff makes sense because he's part of a film scoring dynasty of Alfred Newman and Thomas Newman, who did some of the fucking most iconic film scores of all time, even before him. Yeah. So, so it's like, how do you grow up in a family of like Oscar winning top 1% film scoring people like you must absorb so much. Oh yeah. Young age is crazy. I mean, here, here's the little blurb about him. The American singer, songwriter, and arranger and composer, pianist, 
BN songwriting at 17, writing hits for the Fleetwoods, Cilla Black, Gene Pitney, and Alan Price. That's all shit my dad would listen to, I could tell. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's like, we're going to see Gene Pitney and Alan Price later. And then the four freshmen are going to play. Yeah. The parliaments. <laughs> I wish my dad, my dad liked funk. Yeah. Or you meant like the parliament, parliament funkadelic, or you mean well, like no, parliament? No, they're a duop group before they even yes. started. Uh, he made his debut as a solo artist with a self-titled album in 68, then released 12 songs in 1970. And his third album in five years is a subject of today's episode. Good old boys would follow in 74. We already did good old boys. So a little more about that. Randy's pop songs of the seventies earned him a reputation as a songwriter songwriter, um, influenced by Ray Charles, um, he released seven albums, 68 to 83, but it was his 77 song, Short People, right. controversial parody about bigotry that became his biggest hit. From that time, he has, he has concentrated on writing film scores, including Ragtime, The Natural, and scoring nine Disney Pixar films, all four Toy Stories, A Bug's Life, and both Monsters Incorporated, and the first and the third car films. The real question is, why didn't he do the second Cars film? That's wow. the hard-hitting question. Find that out. Adam. We need a, a Cars, a Carspiracy. Yeah, is a flip. <laughs> it's a Carspiracy, <laughs> dude. He has worked and cover. Wait, the list of people who have covered his work. I mean, Neil Diamond, Pat Boone, Bonnie Raitt, the Everly Brothers, uh, Streisand, and Bette Midler, and Three Dog Night. Three Dog Night. Oh, which were which is off of this. He right? wrote, well, what was loneliest number? Well, no, he, he, he oh, wrote that for them. Oh, wait, you can leave your hat on. Is never mind. That's the other guy, right? It's that's um, no, no, Randy Newman did. Can you can leave your hat on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's off this record. But I'm talking about, yeah. I'm talking about uh, who made it famous, Joe Cocker. I don't know. Hold on, let me look that up, Adam. Look that up too. Um. Yeah, so he's. This is his list of career accolades. Okay, Bill Cocker and also uh, Tom Jones did a version of it on the. That's film. it. Ooh, that's, that's the cool. famous one. So he has been nominated. Do you want to take a guess? Eighty-nine million times. Okay, that's okay. ridiculous. That's there's not ever been that many Oscars. <laughs> not after last week. No. <laughs> no. <is> a, <laughs> how many do you think, Adam? Wait, Adam, you wrote this, so. Eric, what do you, how many Oscars do you think he's been nominated? Nominated? Uh, 10. Multiply that by two, add two more. 22. Holy shit. He has won twice for best original score uh, for a Monsters, Inc. song and in 2011 for the Toy Story 3 song. He's won three Emmys. Seven Grammys. He needs a Tony to get the EGOT. That sweet, sweet EGOT. Yeah, dude, that's a hard one to get. That is, and, and the people, some of the people that have it, you're like, really? Yeah, doesn't like Whoopi Goldberg have like an EGOT or something? Whoopi's got an EGOT, dude. Uh, you know, my dad had an EGOT. Um, <laughs> Adam has an EGOT. We all have EGOTs on this show. Everybody's Adam got an EGOT. EGOT. Adam EGOT? Adam Egot, uh, if you're listening the to this booker pod, at the comedy store, not no more. Now he's the Joe Rogan booker. Oh, yeah, okay. dude, he's been gone. Now it's Emily, Emily LaFord. I love her. Big shout out to Emily. Okay. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast to show me that you're listening to it, I want you to hashtag we all gotta Egot. <laughs> we all gotta Egot. 
Newman's Newman about his own music. This is from him. By the way, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and he's in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Um, this is Newman about his own music. One thing with my music, you can't sit and eat potato chips and have it on in the background at a party. I would 100% agree with that because it's so lyrical. Is that what attracts yeah. you to his music? Is it the melodies or is it the lyrics? It's both. It's just, it's incredibly written music, uh, chords and melody. And on top of it, you have to listen to every word and you're going to miss if you miss a minute of, you know, sail away or uh, political science or something, you're like, Oh my God, what did I miss? You know? And just the themes that he's talking about aren't like, Hey, it's Friday night. Um, we're going to live forever. I'm going to go drive my car off of a bridge. You know, it's not that it's more like, you know, he's writing these incredible like new Orleans sort of influenced style songs with about like geopolitics and nuking the entire world and it's just so esoteric and funny that it's it, you're weirdly learning to i don't know i love it there's there's something about his music where it, it's like you said it's a comedy song without the super without the laughs but you're getting right. a story he <laughs> creates characters i mean good old boys was so like so much deeper than what I thought it was going to be. If I, if I wasn't doing this podcast and I just listened to it and just forgot the lyrics, I'd be like, yeah, these are good songs. But when you yeah. really like, you're like, wow, this is about racism. This is about, you know, a fucking uh, civil rights leader. This is about a Confederate leader. This is about this. It's like, he's right. telling the story. Uh, what was the other one we did? 12 songs, 12 songs. I don't really per se remember that. Um, Those are more fun and upbeat songs. Was that his first record? I think his second. Yeah. It's his second. And so what are, what are the themes that are on this? Because some are, some are hailing this as his finest work. Here, I'll give you the little background on this. So we got all this shit out of the way. Uh, it was released in May of 1972. So figure out, tell me what's going on in the world in 1972, Adam. Go ahead and uh, look that shit up. The Godfather came out in 73. So the Godfather was being made at this Godfather time. Godfather was being, Robert Evans was uh, right. <laughs> taken down Hollywood starlets. Yeah. Uh, this peaked at number, at number 163 in the United States and on the Billboard 200 and number 42 in Australia. The album found a middle ground between the heavily orchestrated pop of his debut and the more stripped down rock oriented approach of 12 songs and managed to bring new strength to both sides of his musical personality in the process. Beach Boys' Brian Wilson has said that this album profoundly affected him at the time of its release, briefly keeping him from sliding further into depression and mental illness. In particular, Wilson noted that he listened to Sail Away over and over while physically writing down the lyrics, which would become the Beach Boys' Mount Vernon and Fairway Fairy Tale EP. And in oh. 2001, Wilson ranked Sail Away third on his list of five albums I can't live without. Can we find out what the other uh, four are? Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Dragons. Um, CeeLo's uh, yeah. follow-up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like Niles Barkley's second record. <laughs> The way the one with crazy? No, no, not even crazy. It's all about that. the one after that. <laughs> yeah, that one got that one was butt cheeks. Okay, so the first one on his list is his own album, The Beach Boys. 
number two, Between the Buttons, Rolling Stones. Three is Randy Newman, Sail Away. Four is Revolver Beatles. And then five is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Okay. Wow. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny that his top five records, there's, there, is there, was there three Beatles records? Two Beatles, one Stone, one Randy Newman, and his own. Yeah, I, I, it's so <laughs> funny that he would put his own, one his own record on there, even in his crazy fucking. It's his number one record, right? Yeah, but he puts <laughs> the other two records that fucking basically he stole from, and the Beatles stole from him. Right, exactly. That's insane. <laughs> Is this your favorite Randy Newman album? Um, I would say this one and Twelve Songs are tied. What are your favorite things about this record? Like, what sticks out to you? I was immediately taken in by Sail Away. Oh, yeah. Immediately, just like, I think this is his best song that I've heard in the three albums that we've listened to. Yes. Um, and, and this song actually is ranked number 275 uh, on the 500 greatest songs of all time list mm. by Dark Lord Rolling Stone magazine from the 2021 <laughs> list. I'm glad they updated it. <laughs> they have to. What else are they going to do? They don't know what the fuck they're doing, dude. This list <laughs> sucks so much, dude. <laughs> this list has killed my podcast. It's like you get any momentum and then it's like, here's Richard and Linda Thompson. Right. <laughs> it's like, what? fuck you, man. No one yeah. cares. No one cares. This is 2018's 500 list oh, that we'll be doing for the next 10 years. No, this one's 2012, dude. It's Whoa, really? Yeah, man. What number I am I? What number is he? We are at 322 today. <laughs> I don't think I'm finishing. I'm not going to lie This is like you. uh, your like, Tonight Show or something. Dude, I don't think I'm finishing. I just, there's no way I'm doing this for six more years for the amount of money that I make from this. There's no way. There is no way. There's no way. It's so funny. It's like, dude, we just, let's keep going. Just six more years, man. Come six on, more man. years of your life. It'll feel so good. The albums get better. No, they don't. You're they still going to have worse. Dude, at like, at like 75, it's like Blind Willie Cleghorn. He right. played yeah, bootlegged that they found. It's a wire recording from <laughs> yeah. Arlo Guthrie's yeah. uncle. It just, it just sounds like this. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, who picked that? <laughs> fucking the lead guitars from the Rolling Stones. You go yeah, blowing right. Willie Cleghorn on there, man. I wouldn't have written any of his songs if blowing Willie Cleghorn on. Let me put Blow another track Willie on. No, seriously, skiffle. Listen to his. Listen to this other song. It doesn't sound like the other ones. Hold on, put it on. Some <laughs> <laughs> shit, dude. Oh my god. Why do you think Newman has found so much success scoring films and uh, and scoring films and and, uh, and you know and, and doing uh, songs for movies, but not on his solo records? Well, it's just the the film scoring dynasty. I think. I mean, he. Well, I don't know. He also had a bunch of uh, experience working with orchestras, like for Sail Away in particular. Like that's what drew me to the album mostly because it was basically just like him and an orchestra and his writing was very almost like new Orleans meets Americana sort of Aaron Copeland kind of thing. 
It was just it just feels very American, early 1900s cinematic already. It was I feel it was just already just inside of him, and then he's like, oh, cool. I'll just add a couple more French horns and <laughs> some other stuff, and I'll score it to picture, you know. And I won't write incredibly esoteric lyrics about it. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely. You know, this record feels like it's more fully formed than the other ones. What was what was the Cooties uh, writing process like? And you know, when you guys were like coffee shop, like like yeah. how did that come up? And and tell me, that was um, I don't know. I, I I think we wanted to write songs about we. I think we gave ourselves like an experiment uh, for like what what's an unsolvable like what's an unsolvable problem or what's a thing that everybody knows about but they don't really think that much about like we're all going to coffee shops all the time mm-hmm. and we essentially just make a list of all the things that are really fucking annoying or weird about a coffee shop they have the heaviest door in the world um there are adult pop tarts there and then we essentially just list them <laughs> under over music and then you know, we could comment on it or use that as like a basis as like a tangent for the bridge where, oh my God, I always shit in this one coffee shop. And I know that the barista killed a guy by accident. And no, no, no. And now we're back into mm-hmm. the coffee shop where, you know, this person's writing on a laptop and this, you know, it's sort of just like, yeah, the relatability factor for that, I think for that song specifically was what drew us to it or how it happened so naturally. What about musically? Like when you, and even now with you and Ethan, I mean, like who's the, you know, cause you guys all play multiple instruments. Like you don't just play drums. You play, I'm assuming you play everything. Yeah, I can right? play a little bit of piano and bass and guitar and stuff. So um, who's the, who's the main guy? Who's like bringing, is it somebody already have the melody or it's like you, you get the, what do you do first? You get the lyrics first, you get the melody. No, it was, I mean, a lot of those songs were started with just jams where the three of us would get into a room and, you know, either Jacob or Ethan, because I didn't really play a melodic instrument per se, um, they would just start playing chords and it was all very natural. It was just, oh, this kind of cool. Oh, this sort of sounds like a Beck song, you know? Yeah. Let's let's write in the style of Beck. For I think that one specifically was just, don't, 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 like really simple to the point and yeah and then you know one of us will just shout out like you know because we're a comedy band we just shout like pop tart easel <laughs> you know yeah coffee shop. you know we're like oh let's write about a coffee shop it was, it was literally just out of nowhere we just pluck it the number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station it was a lifestyle it is a rock and roll city for sure yeah The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Porn, Satan, drugs, therapy. It's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend. 
I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent, the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table, featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics. They all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and isn't acceptable behavior. Indecent with Kiki Anderson, where NSFW meets LMAO. Mwah. If if Randy Newman could perform a jingle for any product, what would you choose? <laughs> um, I don't know why, but I would love some Axe body spray, like <laughs> Randy Newman, you know, or just or Oakleys or something really uh, buff and manly, you know. <laughs> Truck nuts, <laughs> yeah, truck, truck nuts. nuts. They got them drooping down on the big car. You got them, truck nuts, truck nuts. You got them drooping down on the big truck. It's a Kawasaki jet ski floating <laughs> down the river, going ninety miles an hour. <laughs> I would love that, or like guns or something. I don't know. But also a very underrated Will Sasso impression. Randy is, Newman. Can we pull up video of it? Pull up, uh, pull up Will Sasso doing Randy Newman. Um, yeah, I don't know what what product I would do. I don't even know what my favorite. Like, what are his? What are all the songs he's done for films? Let me look at the Oscar nominations. I wanna, I wanna see. Or you can pull them up, and I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. Don't 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 tempt me with a good time. Um. <laughs> Randy Newman, IMDb. Let's see what we're working with, Randall. Randall Stewart Newman. Man, he dresses like my science professor. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's he's just, he's won two Oscars. You know how hard that is to win an Oscar? But be nominated 22 times and only I win mean, two times? That's kind of annoying, actually. All right, so Marriage Story... Uh, oh wow! He got nominated twice in 2020. You got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're fighting. Yes, you're splitting. Lawyers are expensive. Laura Dern. <laughs> Laura Dern is lawyer and Adam Driver sexy because he's six foot five and no other reason. <laughs> He looks like a deep sea fish. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. The one with the little light that comes. Yeah, he's like, with the <laughs> one of those guys. All right, he's one for "We Belong Together." Um, it's not the Mariah Carey song. Right. That'd be really funny if he wrote we that for Mariah together. Carey. We belong together. <laughs> that boy is mine. That girl is poison. All I want to do is zoom, 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 and a boom. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> just shake your arm. I could just do Randy Newman singing R&B songs of the late 90s all day long, dude. It's basically Jamie Foxx's Prince bit, except we can do it. Oh, yeah, dude. Ghetto superstar. That is what you are. Drumming from afar. <laughs> Give me everything you got for this <laughs> <laughs> If I rule the world, 
<laughs> Free all my sons. Never tame baby. Black diamonds world. Got 99 problems. <laughs> but, but a bitch ain't one. <laughs> New York. <laughs> I'm making a follow up to the LA zone. Yeah. <laughs> I love New York. <laughs> uh, New York. <laughs> Country you gotta fight the power, that B. <laughs> fight the power. That actually sounds like the song. That sounds like Chuck D. That does. No, that sounds like Flavor Flav for sure. Elvis was a hero to most. Elvis was a hero to most. Elvis was a hero to most, but he never something. He was up some straight up racist. It's like it was simple and motherfuck him and John Wayne. He was nominated for Pig in the City by Babe. Holy shit. Meet the Parents? God, that's probably the, meet God, the Parents. Flying only. under the radar, dude. I mean, James and the Giant Peach from 97, Pleasantville. Uh, I remember Av- that. You remember Avalon? That's like, uh, no. that's like uh, what's that guy that, that famous? Barry Levinson's like, uh, basically like autobiography about his life growing up as a Jew in Baltimore. All Jews in Maryland had to watch it. I think I watched it in Hebrew school. Really? Man, I, I've yeah. never heard of it, and I'm incredibly Jewish. Watch it. You'll love it. It's very sweet. Okay, Elijah Wood, better very than, young. Uh, better than A Simple Man? Because that's a good uh, Jew story. Similar? Not yeah. at all, because that's oh, Coen okay. Brothers' world. The Coen Brothers' world is like, that's like a whole oh. fucking... They, Whoa, they, wait. Who, who's Barry Levinson? Rain Man. Oh, Diner Barry Sonnenfeld, that's, who shot uh, the Coen Brothers movies, and I was like, "Oh, I thought that was, he did I Raising Arizona." Yes, I don't think he did anything. He might have done Hudsucker Proxy, but I doubt. I think he did the first three: Blood Simple, Yep, Raising Arizona, and uh, Miller's Crossing. Is Miller's Crossing before? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, I could see that. That's yeah. my buddy's favorite by them. I, I still like. What's your favorite Coen Brothers movie? That's tough, man. I mean, I gotta say, No Country for Old Men or Fargo. Come on, it's it's either it's between Fargo and Raising Arizona, without a doubt. Fargo. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're all so fucking good. It's hard to even choose. I gotta say, Raising Arizona just for the song. But Fargo yeah. is Fargo. Here's the thing: is that Fargo is in my top ten films I've ever seen. It's one of my favorite movies ever. But Raising Arizona is something I can watch anytime. Yeah, but Fargo, I appreciate more. What is the genius of Randy Newman songs? The genius of Randy Newman songs is he's able to. A lot of it, in my opinion, is gallows humor. Like it's gallows humor that is very uh, just easy to listen to. Like you know, the Monty Python records were silly. You know, always look on the bright side of life. So much silliness before, and don't get me wrong, I love silly. But this, you could not have any lyrics. It would be great to listen to. And then on top of it, he's writing some of the most like biting, sarcastic songs you've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And it makes you think. It's just so good. So Sail Away is about slavery, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lonely at the Top is, what's this about? I think it's I think just it was, about like success. and Yeah, it was written written specifically with Frank Sinatra in mind. He gives us all his love. Uh, That's about God. 
It's about God and Randy there is Newman's, no God, basically. Mm-hmm, Randy Newman's Poli- an, yeah. an atheist. Yep. Political uh, science. Yes. Last is, night yeah. I had a dream. It's about that one's so good about just a, the scary ex girlfriend. <laughs> you know. Yes. I saw a vampire. I saw a ghost. <laughs> oh, yeah. they, you they scared me the most. <laughs> <laughs> they were hanging. <laughs> yeah. So uh, oh yeah, it's like werewolf bar mitzvah. Yeah, dude. Simon <laughs> Smith and the Amazing Dancing Bear. Uh, it's about a sincere young man of modest means named Simon Smith who entertains affluent members of the public with his dancing bear. Mm. I mean, who's writing music like that? Well, and who's writing music so popular like this too? Where it's like the fact that that even was in the zeitgeist. Like I remember he did short people on Saturday Night Live. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. And there was like a little chorus behind him and stuff. And I was like, God, I mean, I'm not to sound like, I mean, and you know, I don't want to sound like an old uh, fogey or anything like that, but it's like, you could not do that today. And for it to get as much traction Mm -mm. as that did at the time. No, you know, I agree. I agree. Old man rules, political science. That's a great song. Oh yeah, I mean, and then burn nuclear on. war song. Yeah, Crazy. dude. I mean, burn on. Uh, memo to my son, Dayton, Ohio. You can leave your hat on. That's. I mean, I feel like this is. I mean, out of all the songs that are on this record, this song has probably had the biggest shelf life. Am I right? Oh yeah. It's so had, good. It's had, you know, you got the Joe Cocker version. It's featured on the soundtrack to nine and a half weeks. You ever see that? No. Nine and a half weeks, dude. It's like, it's straight up like Kim Basinger, like naked and just fucking throughout the whole movie with Mickey Rourke. And this is when Mickey Rourke was. Now I'm gorgeous. listening. Not, not, not like his face now that looks like it's like, a, like, you know, like a, like a, like a leather like a, face, like a bruised bag of oranges, just like. <laughs> terrible like i feel like i look at mickey rourke and i'm like like his face looks like a flank steak yeah dude and he was gorgeous (laughs) that's the that's the craziest shit that's like you know it was like jennifer gray from dirty dancing like she had that nose and that nose was what made her awesome and then she Mm -hmm. chopped it down and her career was over same thing with mickey man mickey was one of the he was the next he was the next Robert De Niro. And then he and then he got into boxing because he started, I guess he started losing his fucking mind. Who knows? Or he's partying, whatever the fuck. And then yeah. he's, he gets his face mauled. And then and then <laughs> and then he's playing that fucking caveman guy in in uh Sin City. Yeah. He should have been which I love, by the way. That movie rocks. Sin City rules. Yeah. No diss on Sin City, but I'm dissing, dude. It's like I'm trying to think. Yeah, dude. Look at that. Look yeah, at that. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Get rid of the press escape or double. Look at that, dude. Gorgeous. He has the fucking River Phoenix hair fall. Yeah, he has two spit curls. Oh, is that what they're called? Yeah, little Superman spit curls. Oh, man. And now he just looks weird. Yeah, he looks crazy. You know who can leave his hat on? Mickey Rourke. Leave it on, dude. Leave your hat on. Leave your hat on and (laughs) and cover (laughs) your face with it. Wait, do we know who played drums on... Yeah, uh, I'll find out. I got it. I got it all right here. So this is so here's who's 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 his backing band for this. Uh, was this um Jim 
What's his name? There's a few. It's, there's a okay. few guys. I got three. Jim Keltner. Yep. One of Gene the greatest. Parsons. Okay. And Earl Palmer. Earl Palmer, man. One of my favorite drummers. Same with Jim Keltner. Really? Earl, just... Earl Palmer and Jim Keltner were uh, uh, in the Wrecking Crew. Yeah. Like the that that group of session musicians in L.A. that played on all the Beach Boys stuff and all that all that shit. It's so killing. Earl Palmer is like, and he was like Little Richard's drummer. Like his beat pretty much invented rock and roll. And Fats Domino. Yes. Someone's looking at a Wikipedia page as we speak, <laughs> and his name is A-D-A-M. Um, <laughs> Earl Palmer, dope. Let me look, see what Jim pa- Gene Parsons, Fly Burrito Parsons. Brothers, The Birds. Yep. Uh, but fucking Jim Keltner, dude. Fucking One of the Traveling Woolberry. Yeah, this dude. You're just looking at the bands he's associated. Carly Simon, Joe Cocker. Bob Dylan, Ringo Starr, George Harrison, John. Yeah, he's is he played with all? Nah, I didn't play with McCartney. That's no, but he was on like All Things Must Pass and stuff. Yes. Oh yeah. God. Another. You know, I was sort of hoping that um, the other Jim, uh, Jim Gordon, was on this record because I know that he's playing drums on twelve songs, and I just got into him. He is like the greatest fucking drummer. All the things that I thought were Jim Keltner. And a lot of other classic recordings were actually Jim Gordon. Um, like he played on uh, Imagine. He's playing drums on Imagine. Mm-hmm. He's playing, he wrote Layla. He played on incredible bongo band Apache. All that shit. Yeah. Yes. Dude, that changed weddings, bar mitzvahs, and middle school dances. That was that was that saved me many many times when I was DJing stuff. But you know what's crazy is that no one really talks about Jim Gordon anymore because he went insane and murdered his own mother. What? Yes. With a hammer. Yes. This was back in the 80s or 70s when, like, I think he was a drunk and he also had some pretty big mental health issues, but they didn't know how to treat it. And, guys, more than anything, he's also the police commissioner of Gotham City. Right, of course, Jim Gordon. <laughs> uh, oh, this is uh, Gary Oldman famously portrayed him in that uh, in uh, in the Dark Knight. In the, in the, I it was in the documentary. Yeah, in the do- but I was about to, but I was like, well, you don't really portray anyone in a documentary. Wait, tell me more about the, the murder. He, uh, from what I remember is, so he, he played on like every fucking great thing. Delaney and Bonnie, um, just session maven. And one day I think he just snapped and showed up to his mom's house and was like, there are voices in my head instructing me to kill you. And so he did. And I believe he's in jail still for that but he just had like a snap from alcoholism mental health problems drugs crazy shit crazy man don't we don't condone killing your mom (laughs) no ever so don't do it people (laughs) if you are dump her in the Cuyahoga River (laughs) rolling down to Cleveland (laughs) which is on the chorus of the song burn on big river burn on yeah by Randy Newman Randy (laughs) Newman Uh hush that fuss everybody move to the the back back of the bus (laughs) Uh, is there anything important Adam we need to talk about for this record 
I thought the Frank Sinatra story was pretty funny on the Lonely at the Top. Let's find it. Let's find so it. So was that him trying to write a um his like my way? So he I got a little blurb. You you want some blurb? Blurb me. This was written specifically with Frank Sinatra in mind, although he never recorded it. Both were signed to Warner Brothers Records, which was looking to find Sinatra a hit. The song is essentially a satire of Sinatra's image. It didn't fly with old blue eyes, so Newman cut it himself. Speaking with Rolling Stone, Newman explained, I thought maybe stupidly that he would be ready to make fun of that leaning against the lamppost shit. So I, I, oh, I'm so lonely and miserable and the biggest singer in the world. I never bought that part of him. I thought he'd appreciate that. I played it for him at his office at the Warner Brothers lot. His reaction, nothing. He said, next. I also played, (laughs) get this, get this raggedy Jew out of my face. Get this film scoring Jew out of my office now. Who do you think you is? All right, there. Bring in, bring in one of those colored boys to write me a song. You know Sinatra <laughs> called black people coloreds. You know 100. <laughs> He's racist. Just they were probably racist. The oh, most, yeah. Just, and they could be because they were the biggest stars. And they were just, do you know how many times they probably <laughs> called Sammy Davis Jr. the N-word? Oh, my God. Like, 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 I'd or, be uh, Quincy Jones because I believe Quincy Jones sort of got his a lot of his uh start with uh Sinatra oh, directing God. orchestras for it and arranging. Those are the days, those I are the know. days. And like, what's crazy just... is Quincy Jones will tell you, did you ever, did you ever read that uh New York Times uh article that he did a couple years ago? You have no. to read it, it's so funny. He's so old and he does not give a fuck, he's just throwing everyone under the bus, he is just going for it. Um, is there any more to that story? Nothing. He said next. No. But Quincy also, Jones was like, I know who killed JFK. Did he really? Yeah. He was like, it was the mob. hundred percent. But they were asking him about like Michael Jackson. He's like, Oh yeah. You want to talk about Michael Jackson? I know who killed JFK. <laughs> talk about, just, yeah. Talk about, see this over here. It's like, it's like yeah. you're waving the ball in front of your dog. You don't, you yeah, don't pay exactly. attention to that. It's pretty wild. I believe it. I believe yeah. the mob killed him 100%. for sure, dude. Yeah, man. <laughs> this podcast is turning into a JFK conspiracy podcast. <laughs> the 500 most uh, fucked up conspiracies about JFK. Patreon time from Garrett Teitelbaum. Are we still capable of understanding satire? I've loved these three Randy Newman 500 records a lot, but feel like if songs like Sail Away or Rednecks came out today, they would be too shocking for internet audience to comprehend what Newman is doing. So the main question is, are we still capable of understanding satire? That's a really good question. Yeah. I mean, I think we are. I don't think we're capable. I mean, yeah. I mean, Saturday Night Live still does a pretty. They're not, like, pushing, they're not pushing the envelope. They're, no, they're, no, no. They're I'm not doing, saying they're envelope they're pushing. But they're, they are doing some baseline political satire that people watch every week. I don't think. I do agree with him that in that. uh Randy Newman would just probably go over everyone's heads and would go across unnoticed. Like if that's expert level satire, you know, is, is Randy Newman expert level satire? I would say so musically. Yeah. I don't know if there's ever, there's another artist. I mean that I'm not just saying that because we're talking about him right now. I don't think there's another artist that is saying so much by covering up with so much. Like he's, if it's like none of his songs are either they're like blatantly like you know racism, racism, blah blah blah, do stop being a racist. (laughs) 
What do you think? What do you think his songs would be like now? I don't know. If short if short people came out now, it would be like you know. Honestly, it would probably be the exact same reaction as what happened when it came out back in the day, where it was like, "How dare you!" Of just a bunch of people not understanding the joke or the sarcasm about it because they people have no (laughs) imaginations. Yeah, you know, and that's what's that's I think when we talk about stuff that like. It's a tightrope act. It's a very tightrope act. And, you know, we were talking about the slap at the beginning of the podcast. It's it's like, man, you know, it's a joke. It wasn't even like a tough joke. It was just no, like, it was just I, I, I agree. It, it was it was a joke that is that would have been forgotten. Not one person ever would have talked about it ever again. And uh, did you know, you know, got the biggest fucking bump from this. Chris Rock? No, the the, the fucking <laughs> background actors, which is true. Yes, yes, he got the biggest. Yeah, I'm sure his tour is going to sell real well. For sure, this. but also the fucking background actors that are still getting residual checks from G.I. Jane because oh, everybody's right. going to watch G.I. <laughs> Jane now. Be like, what the fuck is he talking about? I know. Dude, G. watch going to Netflix or like Hulu or whatever that has like streaming movies. And if, and if, if G.I. Jane is there, I bet you it's on the front page. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. What's funny is I, I also thought immediately that like, oh my God, Hollywood's so fucked up that they're actually going to offer G.I. Jane to, to Jada Pinkett Smith for like a <laughs> billion dollars and she's going to do it. She's already worth, like, I looked it up. She's worth, because I was like, it's like, you know, it's, people are like saying like, you can't make a joke about her, like in her disease. I was like, Dude, it's alopecia. She's not dying from it. It's like, and she's always had short hair. And also she's worth $500 million. And also, something tells me that Chris Rock didn't know she had alopecia. No. Even he did. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Well, especially compared to the Gervais stuff. But Ricky was like, he said it at the beginning. He goes, let's have a laugh at our right. expense. They're just jokes. Just get off your, You stop being so, you know, virtue signaling or, yeah. or whatever. Just yeah. have fun. And that's what I'm saying. That's like, dude, ultimately. They should, yeah. They ultimately with the Oscars anyway. For sure. Well, I like to watch them, dude. I, you know, I watch them every year. And, and this year I'm glad I did. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I chilled. I'm glad I chilled and smoked. A jo- dude, I, when that happened at smoked first, a minute, there's a minute of like, it's, that's not real. But when the sound cut off. Right. Uh, then I go, oh, this is real. And then they showed Will Smith's mouth <laughs> being like, <"Game." laughs> I was like, oh my God, this bit is going on. Off the rails. <laughs> it was great. It's still, I don't ever want to hear Will Smith say, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth again. I get like, like trauma from it. I know. I, you know whose name I'll never keep out of? I'll always keep in my fucking mouth. What? Yours. Yours. <laughs> <laughs> you cute, you cute guy. You cutie patootie. You cutie. Um, um, anything else? Adam, do you guys Do you see this uh, quote from, what are we from uh, Quincy Jones? There's a lot what of good got? ones from that interview. I oh, here you go. I yeah. found it. And then we'll do rapid questions and we're done. Okay. So, um, 
Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson stole a lot of songs, including Billie Jean. <laughs> I've heard that. There's, I, yeah. I think we know the song. I think either we've covered it or didn't we, Adam? I predates me if you did. He also said State of Independence was another song he stole. Which one's State mm. of Independence? Donna Summer. I don't know that one. No, me neither. He called the Beatles trash. He goes, they were the worst musicians in the world. They were no playing motherfuckers. Paul was the worst <laughs> bass player I've ever heard. And Ringo, don't even talk about it. I remember once we were in the studio with George Martin and Ringo taking three hours for a four-bat thing he was trying to fix on a song. He couldn't get it. We said, mate, why don't you get some lager and lime, some shepherd's pie, and take an hour and a half and relax a little bit? So he did, and we called Ronnie Varell, a jazz drummer. Ronnie came in 15 minutes later, tore that shit up. <laughs> so funny. That's so funny, dude. He just, I don't care. The Beatles sucked. I'm 95 years old. <laughs> um, yeah, they asked him about, oh, that, that Trump quote is so funny. He asked her about Trump, and he goes, uh, Wait, what did he say? He goes, yeah, 12 years right ago. He says, Ivanka, uh, Ivanka, 12 years ago, Tommy Hilfiger, who was working with my daughter, Kidada, said Ivanka wants to have dinner with you. <laughs> I said, no problem. She's a fine motherfucker. She had the most beautiful legs I ever saw in my life. Wrong father, though. Ooh. <laughs> Wrong father. Wrong father. Wrong you know father. he's got that. He's got that. He's got that Quincy Jones like. Well, he's oh, got that uh, shit man. Well, yeah. He's like very like shit man. Oh, oh Chicago the thirties. Marlon shit, Brando. <laughs> Marlon Brando. He's the most charming motherfucker you ever met. He'd fuck anything. <laughs> I mean anything. That dude would fuck a mailbox. He fucked James Baldwin, Richard Pryor, Marvin Gaye. So funny. Fuck, dude. We need more tell-all books. We really do. I know. We really do. We need more people to fucking grow a pair of balls that are celebrities. And on your deathbed, release the beast, dude. Release the Kraken. <laughs> release it into the ether so we get the dirt on the world. <laughs> All right, rapid fire. Are you ready for some questions we ask everybody? Hell yeah. All right. And Eric, thank you for coming in and doing this today. Of course. Um, this was a lot of fun. Um, first question. Favorite song on the record? Political Science. Least favorite song on the record. Uh, or track you're skipping. I always I should say what track do you skip? Um, let me look at the track list real quick. Everybody was It's probably something like track nine or some shit like that. <laughs> Hold the phone. Oh wait, I'm on fucking airplane mode. Nice. Things I do for you. Hold on. Mother of God. Whatever track nine is. Track nine. Fuck track nine, dude. Uh, yeah. Hashtag, if you're listening to the podcast still, so I can tell me that you're still listening to it. Hashtag, fuck track nine. Yeah. There's a reason why it's track nine. <laughs> it would be one. <laughs> definitely yeah. not a one. No. I mean, definitely- last song on the album, that's cool. The penultimate song, that's also cool. Track yep. nine. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself, dude. We we don't have any more. That's <laughs> we we gotta legally make this an album. That's track nine. They're like Randy, do you still want to put this on the record? Yeah, man. We just we need we need eleven tracks. So fucking <laughs> I don't know. We'll just release tra- this fucking thing. I don't this, care. This one's track nine. This um, one's trash. What song on the record would you fuck to? Fuck Mary Kill. Oh, uh, what I fuck to. <laughs> You're having a night. With I your can't girl. have sex to any music. Period. 
Oh, it's because, so creepy. Really? Yeah, dude. The noises of ra- of just sex. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, my problem is I get too in my head about the music because I'm such a music guy. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the drums, how they recorded that snare. Ooh, that's a cool bass tone. Wonder if that's a short scale. And now all of a sudden... You lose I your lose boner. It. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I lose yeah. My, my bing bong. That's why. That's why. Uh, yeah, that's probably why. memo to my son. My memo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking a sail away, dude. Actually, yeah. maybe leave your hat on too. Leave your hat on sexy. Leave your hat on. Well, that song is sort of about sex in anyway, so that's fine. Um, but I that am, voice I, is hard to get, that, I, uh, to get out of your head. I am 100% only sex to music. Um, I, I do not. I do not fuck without music on. Um, Headphones or stereo in the room. I got my AirPods, AirPod yeah. Pros, so I can cancel out the other noise. I don't want to hear her. Sort of like a silent disco. Yeah, dude. <laughs> She's got on her soundtrack. I got on my side. We're not fucking at the same thing, so her rhythms are off always. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, she no. I I fuck to a massive attack in Portishead without a doubt. Sure. I just say I say I'm not gonna say her name. L E X A play fucking Porter said I ventured into Bauhaus a little bit pretty good you know Bella Lugosi's dead <laughs> I only uh, fucked the Devo Devo <laughs> yeah 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 sorry no. <laughs> wait what's the other song mongoloid he was yeah. a mongo and you're just on top of her like <laughs> mongoloid he was a mong by the way here this would be fun this would be fun and then we'll end on this okay so i don't know if you guys know this all the uh uh fleece army uh Kaduga, whatever the fuck i call you guys um I am a member, uh, Tom Murillo recommended me to be a voter for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Amazing. So here you get, this is, so I have you to and, get you my- and Baba Booey. <laughs> you know, some other people too. Besides just, but it's nice to be connected with, with big teeth. Um, these are my- not- rip on him for being in the, the voting. It's like, who's voting for this? And it's always like fucking- It was actually Baba a really, it was a weird message. Like I talked to Tom, you know, very sporadically since I moved to- to New York. Um, and you know, mostly it's like check-ins like, yo, how you doing? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I saw that. And, um, and, but he, I don't know where it was like, dude, I'm recommending you to be a voter for the rock and roll hall of fame. And Incredible. We, which is great. And so I, you know, one, I looking at this list, I mean, this is who we've got. All right. So you got to pick five, uh, maximum five. So you have Beck, Pat Benatar, Kate Bush, Devo, Duran, Duran, Eminem, Eurythmics, Jade, I was about to say Jade, Jade a kiss, <laughs> Judas Priest, Jaden Smith, Jaden Smith, Fela Kuti, Chumbawamba, Bela M- Lugosi, MC5, <laughs> Dr. Demento, New York Dolls, um, All Saints, that British vocal group. Uh, I'm, now I'm like, I'm making up fake That's ones. That so I forgot. many. So yeah, no, I've I've added so many. Dion Warwick, a tribe called Quest, Carly Simon, Lionel Richie, Rage Against the Machine, Dolly Parton, New York Dolls, MC5, Fela Kuti, Judas Priest, Eurythmics, Eminem, Duran Duran, Devo, K 
Kate Bush, Pat Benatar, Beck. Damn. More people have told me that I need to get Kate Bush in more than so. The ones that I'm getting recommended the most are Judas Priest, uh, Dolly Parton, but she also took her name off. Which she, I agree. I agree with that. I think she, the same thing with a lot of hip hop music too, where it's like there's there should be a hip hop hall of fame. Yeah. I'm not trying to be exclusionary here, but it's like I agree with Dolly Parton. It's like it's almost like a, she doesn't make rock and roll. It's okay. She doesn't, but I, I think the word rock and roll is just music. It's like recording music. Like you did something, you know, because a Tribe Called Quest and Wu Tang Clan and even Eminem, they were rock stars. You know, right. hip hop. It's it's more about the the energy, the energy, the ethos, the the story. It's like it's all the same story. Yeah. Musicians, country from country to you know to rock and roll to to well, techno. I think. You know, because people are just like, I made the beat in my uh, basement and now I am yeah. the headlining my Ibiza iPad. every week. Right. And those are the guys with the planes. Those are the guys with the planes, man. Yeah, dude. All right. So here's who I think. All right. You guys tell me if I'm crazy. So without a doubt, I got to go with just my personal favorites, just because they're mine. One, Rage Against the Machine. Easy. Easy. Beck. Easy. Love Beck, Beck, Beck Odelay and Sea Change. Uh, dude, I remember when the newest, not the newest record, but the one morning came out. I think it was in 2013 or 12 in October. It was October of 2013. And I remember I, when I finally saw it released on the, because I bought it and I downloaded it illegally, but I downloaded it illegally like a week and a half before it actually came out. And then I just sat on my computer in my, in my bedroom and just listened to it and just like cried. Yeah, it's so good. So good. He He's deserved it for Sea Change and Odelay. Should not have gotten it for that. But yeah, but I have to put back. And our booker, Emily, got really mad at me. And she goes, dude, he's got more time. You know, it's just, it's too early to put him in. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Um, I, I think as soon as you're eligible, you're eligible. You're it's eligible. Like 20, it's like 25 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. But and then I then I and then I'm going to say, because I also love them. And I don't think they out of all these people, they deserve it the most. But I know that I have to be the one people to vote for him. A Tribe Called Quest. Easily. Because of Midnight Marauders and for Low End Theory alone. Yeah, absolutely. Who else now? Who are the final two? I mean, I... Yeah, it's hard to say. because I mean, I do love Kate Bush. See, that's so <laughs> many people, but I've never listened to her. I put her She's on. She's really was cool. Like, you would like Kate Bush, though. Yeah, I do. Yeah. There's a really good song called uh, called Babushka that she wrote that you should check out. It's really good. And a okay. lot of it was produced by uh, Brian May from Queen. From Queen? Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I don't know. Who else is on the list? I'm already Pat forgot. Benatar. So I'm leaning towards. So here's I mean, who I'm leaning Pat towards. Pat Benatar should get in there. She's badass. I'm leaning towards Pat Benatar. I'm leaning towards Devo. I'm leaning towards Duran Duran. Uh, Judas Priest. And I think that is MC5, yeah, I, yeah. man. I just I mean, know there'd be no rage without MC5. Um, yeah. I would you know, say it's hard, but it's torn. I'm torn between MC5 and Devo. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Duran Duran, man. Well, Devo, I think Devo, I think is going to be in there because I think Devo 
Devo rules, dude. And I love Josh yeah. Freeze. And I've had Gerald Casali on my podcast. And he was such nice. a nice guy. And dude, we had to go to Gerald Casali's house, like right, like literally the NBA shut down on that Thursday. Yeah. And then and then it was like COVID, COVID, COVID. And I went to his house on Saturday. He was so afraid, but he lived in such <laughs> a cool house in Venice, dude. Like really? really like, oh, like Devo, a Devo house. Yeah. It lived up to the band that he's in. Amazing. From the architecture to the fucking coffee table books. It was like this. This is cool. Shit. That's cool. Who do you guys pick? You got to pick. Pick two more quick. You got 10 seconds. I got, I, I'll go uh, Devo and Kate Bush. Adam, I'll go Devo, and this is personal preference. Judas Priest. I mean, they're touring. They're touring for fifty damn years. I mean, I know, and that's who. And Judas Priest. I, dude, Rob Halford was so fucking great. Not one of the great can, voices in. Yeah. Can I? So I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll tell you this. I'll tell you the story, and then we'll be done because I think this is a good one about why I want to put Judas Priest in there. So, in the middle of the pandemic, I went up to Big J's in New York and I was staying with him and he's like, "Hey, do you want to do SDR show tonight? We have Sebastian Bach on." Uh-huh. And I was like, "Of course, dude." So, eight o'clock comes, we're all on Zoom. Sebastian comes in and we're all talking about music for like two or three minutes. And then we start talking about Rob Halford and, and Sebastian's like, yeah, man. It's like nobody had a voice like Rob Halford. He didn't even warm up. He was just ready to rock. And Big J then goes, yeah, well, I bet you he had another technique we just didn't know about. And it was pretty gay, like just gargling <laughs> cum or something. And, and, and fucking Sebastian Bach goes, whoa, man. Yo, I don't want to be here if it's going to be that kind of podcast. And and Jay's like, no, 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 it's it's just a joke, man. Like, of course he doesn't gargle cum. I mean, maybe he does, but I mean, that's not how he warms up his vocal cords. And then right. Sebastian's like screen goes black, and we're like, we're all like, Sebastian, Sebastian, hey, you got to turn your camera back on, buddy. Sebastian, you got to turn your camera back on. And Sebastian, after a little break in silence, goes, Bloop. I can hear you loud and clear, man. Bloop, he's gone. Whoa. So we have that, that happened. And then it just so happened that Rob Halford was about to come on the podcast in like three weeks. So I go back up to New York and I'm like, yo, I'm going to, I want to be on the podcast again. And we're all on our zoom. Rob Halford's there and big J so nervous when he explains it to him. He's like, dude, I'm sweating right now. Yeah. I have to tell you this. And he explains this story and Rob Halford goes, well, two things. One, I have to thank Sebastian Bach for being such a good friend that he would even imagine that I can even imagine him sticking up for me in that situation. And I love him. And two, uh, I never gargle. I swallow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. If we were like, God, you rule, dude, yeah. you rule. Uh, listeners out there, uh, tweet at me. Tell me who I should vote for. Tweet or, or send messages. You know, keep the keep the family alive. Uh, Eric, this was great. Promote away anything you want to promote, bud. Uh, when's this going out? Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, Wolves of Glendale. We are playing at uh, Hot Tub. The Ooh. Hot Tub Show. When on Monday. April 25th. Fuck. Uh, no, I'll be in town. Nah, really? I won't. Nah, I won't. I'll be, I'm going to be in town for Netflix Fest. So I'll be there for like 12 days. Keep So Wolves of Glendale, Wolves April. Of Glendale. 
April 25th, hot tub at the Virgil in uh, Hipster, hipster Land. Oh, it's a goodie. Are you boosted? Because you have to be boosted to perform there. Yes, sir. Fuck. Yeah, maybe I should get boosted. I got to get, get boosted. I don't want <laughs> to get boosted because I felt more sick from the vaccine than I did from actual COVID. Right. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this was great, buddy. Thank you for coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me. Love you. Love you, too. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? The one and only Eric Jackowitz. Instagram at yes, it's Eric. Y E S I T S E R I C. And on Twitter at Eric Jackowitz. For listener shout out, big shout out to Steve Carey. Money Glica on Twitter. M U N N Y G U I C A. You rule. All right, guys, for new music this week, don't stop or we'll die. They owe a lot to Randy Newman. And you can go to the500podcast.com and find it. And send us your music. We'll play it. Next week is Nick Drake week as we go deep into 1972's Pink Moon. Uh, Man, it's heavy. Do your homework.
What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there. Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Next Chapter Podcasts.